So on Friday, we looked at the resurrection, specifically the story of Lazarus and how what happened on the cross is inexplicably connected to the fact that Jesus conquered death and paid the penalty of sin once and for all. And this is proven, evidenced by his resurrection. So we connected the fact that the resurrection is inexplicably the, the evidence and the result that what happened on the cross is true. Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Today's message is called crucified with Christ. And my hope is that when we connect our salvation, that we may connect our salvation, this thing that is proven to be true by the resurrection, that we connect our salvation to the glory of God. 
On Friday, we briefly looked at Romans chapter 6 to show that living as though we are still dead while being alive in Christ is a complete paradox. It's like going to lie in your open coffin um, next to uh, your dug grave because you don't want to be late for your own funeral. How can someone that is alive continue on the path of oblivion? Paul, um, Paul makes this clear because in the very first verse of Romans 6, he says, what shall we sh say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, God forbid. And then right at the end of um, his explanation, he says this, to conclude it, to wrap it up, for sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. And he ties it back up. I want to today explore Romans 6 a bit further as we looked at eternal life is a state of being. When we get saved, it's not a destination that we hope to one day reach. If that is the case, which it is, then undergoing such a drastic procedure, as Romans 6 says, to put to death our old selves, to execute our old selves. Surely it must then have some equally drastic impact on the new life that we claim to live. This idea is what we refer to as being crucified with Christ. How the gospel that has been entrusted to us, that is the power of God unto salvation, how this message shifts the focus away from us ultimately, and puts the focus squarely on God. Romans 6.4 says, Therefore, we who were buried with him by baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even though even so, we should also walk in newness of life. So let's read Romans 6, um, the first uh, few verses to refresh our memory a bit, and then pray and explore the concept of being crucified with Christ and how ultimately brings glory to God.
at the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And then there was a great earth... I'm sorry, that's Matthew 28. We're going to get to that as well. I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's Matthew 28. My apologies. Put a finger there. We're going to get to that. Romans chapter 6. My apologies. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know that we who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, so shall we also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died to sin is free from sin. Let's stop there and then let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you that we can learn how the fact of our salvation is made evidence and true in the way that you live through us and that you transform us through the power of your spirit. And it's not simply um, something uh, to be received in the future, in the eternal state. May our testimonies and the very fact of our salvation bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look at three things this morning. How, or rather the fact that we have been saved uh, or salvation comes through the knowledge of the gospel. So the knowledge of the gospel. Secondly, living in that knowledge of the gospel. And thirdly, proclaiming that knowledge of the gospel. This is uh, how we walk in that newness of life, that it is centered around the gospel. So firstly, saved or or rather salvation comes through the knowledge of the gospel. So I read up to verse 7, but our message actually continues here in verse 8. Let's read verse 8 and 9. Now, if we 
died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death has no further dominion over him. So let's stop there and consider the knowledge of the gospel. <clears throat> Do we say that, um, that God is, uh, is fluid, is um, open to definition? Do we say that um, whether you're Christian or Muslim or Buddhist, we all really just serve the same God, we just call him different things? Do we say that salvation is uh, a free and open net, and as long as you're a good person, you will get into heaven? Aside from all the other theological, uh, grave theological issues with that, It's very self-centered. We start developing this idea that <clears throat> if it, God is open to definition, that God is indifferent and we ascribe qualities to this divine being that cannot really be known, Our sin nature immediately uh, reverts to pride, and it immediately reverts to ego, and it immediately um, creates a space where us as, as flawed, imperfect beings start uh, um, ascribing flawed, imperfect characteristics to the person of God. And what happens is, you'll hear questions like this very, very often. Maybe um, you have even heard it this week related to the crisis in Durban. If God is so good, why does he allow all these bad things to happen? That question is fundamentally founded in the fact that we believe God to be flawed. And we allow ourselves to think that God is like us <laughs> because we do not revere and uphold and seek the knowledge of the gospel. What does God say about himself? We are saved through this knowledge. The gospel is taught to us through the pages of Scripture. And the Lord uses human beings to share this news with one another. So us 
sharing it with someone else. And we're going to get to that, proclaiming the knowledge. But I want us to understand that there's almost an inward uh, expression of the knowledge of the gospel and an outward expression of the knowledge of the gospel. Firstly, let's go back to our verse. It says, uh, now if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. The knowledge of the gospel uh, assures us of our faith and it, um, uh, it should grow uh, our confidence in God. as we learn more about what God says about himself, it should uh, strengthen the foundation that we build our faith on. Knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead. He continues then to um, bring it into the outward expression, which is our next point living in the knowledge of the gospel. Living in the knowledge of the gospel. Verse 10 to 13. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, and this is important. Likewise, likewise, you also consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then what is the implication? Likewise, then, we should also live to God. Verse 12, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves to God as though who are alive from the dead and your bodies to God as instruments of righteousness. Living in the knowledge of God. <clears throat> the Bible has a lot to say about this. It has a lot to say about inward sanctification. It has a lot to say about the spiritual fruit that is produced um, by the Spirit indwelling in us that is evidence to all who might look upon our lives as a testimony of the gospel. But so many, sadly, that proclaim this truth. Yes, I am alive in Christ. Amen. They express hatred and they express division and they express inequality and they hold grudges and they complain and bemoan their, um, their position regarding their peers and their neighbors, and even their enemies. God calls us to love 
And he says that if we love one another, we love him. In John, 1 John. Here it says, if we are dead to sin, and it is such um, a permanent and um, official thing, you can't become uh, undead to your old self. Why do we still live as though we have no knowledge of the gospel? as though we have no knowledge of the grace uh, that the Lord has shown us, as though we have no knowledge of his mercy and his love that uh, allows the gospel to be what it is. And that is that Christ died for us on the cross. We say that we know God. That knowledge should inadvertently, um, rather expressly, compel us to live in that knowledge. And the third one, proclaiming the knowledge of the gospel. So he ends here, in verse 13 and 14. I'd like to now go to Matthew chapter 28 for this last point. Proclaiming the knowledge of the gospel. In chapter 28 of Matthew, tells the story of the day of Jesus' resurrection. All the gospels have this account here we read that Mary Magdalene in verse 1 and the other Mary, presumably Martha's, the um, biblical character that we have examined in our previous two messages this Easter week. In verse 2, and then there was a great earthquake for the angel. Joel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone. His countenance was like lightning, his garment as white as snow. The soldiers shook with fear and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Verse 7, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and indeed is going before you to Galilee. Verse 8, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Now, unofficially, these women were 
the world's first evangelists. What is the gospel if it can't be summed up in a simple sentence? He is risen. No miracles, no words of prophecy, no um, deeds of historical greatness. A few women humbly came to serve their Lord and prepare his body, was given the amazing um, pleasure and honor to be the first ones to proclaim that he is risen. To proclaim this knowledge. To proclaim it. You know, I, um, I want us to imagine if you knew the world was going to end in a week. Okay, there's a big asteroid in space and it's going to blow up the earth. And somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I'm giving away free uh, underground bomb shelters that will, that's stocked with food and provisions and it will guarantee your safety. I'm giving them away for free. And they hand you a key. What would you say? Hopefully, it wouldn't be, well, it's about time. You would say, thank you. I, I don't know what to say. This is, this is incredible. I thought I was going to die, and, and now I'm safe. Wow. What can I do? Anything. Name it. Well, I've got some more free bomb shelters to give away. So... Why don't you go and tell people that they can just come and see me and I'll give them a free bomb shelter? Sh sure, I can do that. And you run to your family. Here's a guy giving away free bomb shelters. Come, I'll show you where he is. And you go to your neighbors and you go to everyone and anyone who would listen. You can be saved from imminent destruction. All you need to do is go to that guy and he'll give you a... It's amazing! Proclaiming this knowledge. The knowledge of salvation. Why do we downplay it? Why do we treat it sometimes like it's a burden? And we see believers who claim to have this knowledge. Go onto Facebook and Instagram or whatever and, um, and almost as if they insist, yeah, you know, this bomb shelter is pretty cool, but um, you know, maybe have a free car as well, right? Or, um, you know, something to sweeten the deal. Or they say, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of effort to now go all the way down there and tell people about this free bomb shelter. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just going to go sit in my bomb shelter 
and, uh, and hopefully, you know, they find out about it. Or do you go to them and be like, hey, I have a free bomb shelter. Where can I get one? Well, I don't know. It's pretty exclusive. I don't know if you're, you know, you're cut out to get a free bomb shelter like I did. Don't we see those reactions? What does it mean to proclaim the knowledge of the gospel? To run out in joy and say, he is risen. <clears throat> you know, I don't know if, uh, if you guys noticed, my tics are really bad lately. I have Tourette's syndrome, so I, many of you know this, but for those who didn't, I have Tourette's syndrome, and I sometimes uh, wonder to myself, Lord, why did you call uh, an introvert um, person with this... Uh, a disorder that makes me socially awkward and, uh, and all these things. Why, uh, why me? When I'm immediately reminded by the fact that that's the whole point. The fact that you were saved by the power of the gospel when you could not save yourself points to the glory of God. The fact that you are living in the knowledge of God when you yourself cannot transform your own life points to the knowledge, points to the glory of God. And the fact with, that with all your inadequacies, you are proclaiming the knowledge of the gospel as I have called you to do, that you cannot actually do by yourself, points to the glory of God. So let this Sunday, let us be informed by this fact that this is what it means to be crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is He who lives through me. May He be glorified. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this day that we can remember you in all things and bring glory to you. Lord, I thank you now um, for Spring Valley and the grace that you have uh, shown them all these years and the strengthening of their faith and the proclaiming of the gospel in that community. And I pray for the blessing that... Uh, they are to, to so many and to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.